Hallelujah. Welcome to Heritage of Faith. Read. Andrea. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time, all the time, God is good. That's not just a, it's not just a cute statement we say. We believe it. <laughs> Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Now, you didn't eat too much this week, did you? Yes. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Man. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. If you have a Bible, let's turn to Acts chapter 11. And I'm going to go ahead and get into the Word this morning. Rick and Cassie aren't here this morning with us. They're, uh, they're actually ministering in New Mexico. And, and so uh, this is some... Uh, this is Larry and Rachel, they used to be uh, pastors in our, in our pre-teams department years back. Well, since then, they moved to, they went to San Diego, lived in that area for a while, and were associate ministers and youth pastors there. And in the last year or so, they planted a church in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And so Rick is, is going there to minister, him and Cassie minister their leadership. And, and so we miss them today, but uh, I know they're where God wants them to be. And, and I believe our worship team did awesome this morning. Give our worship team a hand and, and, thank, and thank God for, for uh, the, the gifts that God has sent us and, and, uh, and just always good to... Always good to have um, good people that have hearts to serve and worship God. Amen. 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 You know, I've been, uh, since I was on the series, and still am on the series, entitled Staying. Say that when you're staying. staying. And the Lord just uh, dealt with my heart back in uh, August going into September. And he said, I want you to prepare my people for the days ahead. And he, and he started ministering to me about being prepared and talking about staying. The importance of Staying. And so we've been talking about staying devoted to him. We've been talking about abiding in him. We've talked about staying on course. We've talked about staying in faith. And that's really what I've been dealing with the last four times I've ministered. And, and about staying in faith is about seeking him. Staying in faith is about trusting him. Staying in faith is about having a desire for his word. Hallelujah. Amen. His word. If you're going to stay in faith, it's going to be about staying in his word. Amen. Because well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, what? The word. I want to continue dealing with this, but I want to read this scripture in Acts chapter 11, and this is where, where we started this series at in verse 23. It says, then he, talking about Barnabas, arrived and he saw what grace God was bestowing upon them. He was full of joy and he continuously exhorted them all. Now, this, he continuously exhorted them all, meaning it wasn't just a one-time thing. This was something that he continuously did. He continuously exhorted them that they would do what cleave unto, remain faithful to, and devoted to the Lord with resolute, steady purpose of heart. I mean, he was, he was telling them, look, guys, there's amazing things going on in here. And we're seeing God do great things. They were seeing miracles. So many miracles that it got rumored back to Jerusalem what was happening in the church of Antioch. Seeing there were so many great things happening here. The rumors went back there for them to send Barnabas to this place. So what Barnabas is saying, hey, there's amazing things going on right now. But stay with what brought you. It was your pursuit after God. And see, a lot of times we can, we, can, uh, we can kind of be pursuing all kinds of things and we forget about what the main thing is. And the main thing is our relationship with God. 
Amen. And, and so what I, hear, what I hear Barnabas saying, he's saying stay connected to God. Stay, stay devoted to God. Remain faithful to God. You know, and this so goes with the word that we have as a church that we were given by our founding pastors about 2017. It says, 2017, the faithful shall flourish, and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Amen? Amen. That's the prophetic word we're holding on to in 2017, that the faithful will flourish. Amen. And it shall be days as heaven on earth. Amen. Do you receive that prophetic word? But Barnabas is saying that he's remaining faithful. There's something on the other side of your faithfulness. I I don't know what you might be going through and what obstacle you might be facing. I want to encourage you to stay faithful. It doesn't matter if it seems like your prayers are being answered or not. I want to encourage you to stay faithful. It doesn't matter what your finances might look like right now. I want you to encourage you to stay faithful. Because, see, there's victory on the other side of your faithfulness. Amen? There's victory on the other side of your choosing to stand in the midst of uh, obstacles. It's, it, it's your, your, your ability to continue to press through when, when things are, are falling all around you. But you know what? I'm going to remain faithful. Say, I'm going to remain faithful. Say, I'm going to remain faithful. Hallelujah. You know, I, there's times in my life and seasons where I, I have asked those questions. I, what about, you know, I'm praying over these things. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm standing in these things. How come I'm not seeing certain things take place? Have you ever been there? I, I was thinking of a, of a couple this morning, and, and they were standing for some miraculous things to take place in their family. And, and they were standing, and, and they, were, they were in agreement, and, and they were praying. They were intent. They were fervent in their prayer life, and, and, and they, 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 they were full of the word. They were, they were dogmatic about, about uh, 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 making sure they were saying right things, and, 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 and they were continuing along this standing for this breakthrough in their family. But yet, time and time, they, were, they would get discouraged because they didn't seem to see the answer. I remember, you know, with Annette and I and, and, and standing for some things with our children and, you know, for a four-year process of time, you know, just confessing the word and, and declaring the word and, 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 and doing different things. And, and the more and more we seemed like we, like we prayed, the worse and worse it seemed like, you know, you know it would get, you know, and, or the more phone calls we'd get from whether it's the police, whether it's hospitals, whether what is it, okay, God, what's, what's going on here? But we know you have a plan. We know you have a purpose. And we know that you're faithful. You know, and, and so, and so I, I was thinking about this, this couple this morning. And I'm not referring to Annette and I, but I'm thinking of something else. And, and, and it was like they, they kept crying out to God, okay, when are you going to do this? When is this going to happen? And, and I, we're standing and we're praying and, and we're in agreement. And, and you know, we're, we're doing everything that we know to do. But yet they still seem to not receive the answers. But I want to, but I want to, as I deal with staying in faith this morning, you have to understand that how does faith operate? Romans chapter 10, go, go ahead and turn there. Romans chapter 10. There's several different directions. I wasn't sure which way we're going to go this morning, but. Romans chapter 10. Thank you, Father. So we're talking about staying in faith. Let's look at faith and how faith operates for a moment. 
verse 6 of Romans 10. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy... So it's talking about saying something, right? Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? Meaning it's not, it's not saying, you know, you have to do something else. It's not saying you have to go up higher or you have to go deeper. It's not saying that, but what is it saying? The word is nigh thee even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So this is how we got born again, right? It says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you, you would be saved. So if, if you haven't done that and you don't believe that, Je- if you believe that Jesus is Lord and you confess that with your mouth, that says you're saved, right? So what happened? I had to believe in my heart and I had to speak with my, my mouth. So faith is in two places. It's in my heart and it's in my mouth. You see, if you're, whatever you're filled with is what's going to come out of your mouth. If I'm filled with fear, then what's going to come out of my mouth? It's going to be fear words. It's going to be negative words. It's going to be complaining. It's going to be murmuring. It's going to be negative things. See, whatever you're filled with, it's going to come out. You're not going to, and the thing is, you're not going to be able to help it. Amen. See, you might be able to put, you might be able to put, you know, a guard on it while you're in church. You might be able to say all the right things here and, you know, okay, lift my hands and I'm going to thank you, Jesus, and I'm going to praise and hear. But eventually when, when, when the, the going gets tough, you're, we're going to see what's coming out of your mouth. And, and whatever's coming out of your mouth is what you're filled with, right? Yeah. So in verse 10, for with the heart man believes under righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So what I believe in my heart and what I speak out of my mouth is going to produce something. What I'm believing in my heart and what I'm speaking out of my mouth produces something. It's saying it's going to bring, is, is made unto salvation. So it's going to produce, when making something is producing something. So, so what's in my heart and what's in my mouth is producing something. The thing is, is what are you producing? What are you producing? You're either going to be producing life or you're going to be producing death. What, what are you producing? You're either going to be producing freedom or you're going to be producing bondage. What, what are you producing? And, it, and it's going to, it comes down to what is your heart filled with and what is your mouth filled with? Matthew chapter 15 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever I am filled with, that's what's going to be flowing out of me. Now, there's a lot of things I could deal with this morning talking about words, and and, and I'm not going to deal solely with words this morning. Although the word is full full of things, that how you're snared by the words of your mouth. You're, you're brought into a trap by the things that you speak about your present and about your future. Yeah. Amen. Well, what I want to deal with this morning is staying in faith is about having a heart that is overflowing with thanksgiving. 
What's coming out of your heart? Because if your heart is truly filled with faith, you will have thanksgiving flowing out of your heart. Staying in faith is about staying in thanksgiving. Let's go to Psalms 100. Psalms 100. So what comes out of my mouth is either bringing me to defeat or is bringing me to victory. Thanksgiving. What is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is an expression of appreciation. Thanksgiving is an attitude of the heart. You know, Thanksgiving, it's, it's a position of your heart. That's what Thanksgiving is. It's not, uh, Thanksgiving is not a personality trait. Well, they're, they're, just, they're, just, they're, just that, they're just always thankful. No, it's something that you have to develop. It's, it's an attitude of the heart. It's a position of the heart. It is an act of worship. Thanksgiving is an act of worship. And, and being in the holidays and, and those types of things, a lot of times we can take a word like being thankful or thanksgiving and we don't understand really the power behind thanksgiving. There's power in thanksgiving. Why? Because there's power when you release your faith. Amen. What's in your heart in abundance is going to come out of your mouth. And if faith is in your heart in abundance, you can't help but be thankful. And you're, you're, you're going to see what I mean in a moment because I, I don't think you, well, I'm just thankful. For, no, there, when you're truly in faith, you have to have thanksgiving flowing out of your mouth. And it's not something that you have to tell yourself, okay, I need to be thankful now. Oh, okay, all right, now I need to be, th- it's not, faith is not some sort of formula that you work. Faith isn't one plus one equals two. Faith is, is, is established on what I know to be true. Faith is, let me say, faith is established on what I know. It's what I know. I, you know, this is just, there's no way I could talk, it, talk him out of the fact that his name isn't Justin. No, I'm Justin. No, I'm Justin. No, I'm Justin. I'm Justin. <laughs> so I, I know your name's Steve. No. Your name is Steve. You, see, there, it, it's, it, see, he knows what his name is. He knows what his name is, and and see, faith is based out of what you know to be true, not what you think could be true. And see, a lot of people falter at this place of faith because they live on what think could be, might be, or should be, and not what they know to be. Faith is establishing what you know. Amen. Let's look at this in Psalms chapter 100. Verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. No, he, he's talking about knowing here. See, we, we have this scripture. We learned this in vacation Bible school. We had this scripture, you know, uh, memorized, uh, enter into his gates and thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Most, most of you, a lot of people know that scripture. But what is it based on? It's based on knowing something. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It's knowing that he is God. Not that he could be God. He is God. Remember Hebrews chapter 11? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe what? That he is? 
So my faith is basing in what I know is to be true, right? Know ye that he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So we're seeing who he is and we're seeing who we are. What He is God. And he made us and we're not of ourselves. And what we are his people. See, that, that's where faith is established when you know who he is and you know who you are. How it will produce something in your, li- in your life. The next verse says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. How can I enter into his gates with thanksgiving? Why? Because I know who he is and I know who I am. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. He is God and we are the sheep. We, we, that means I have access to come into his presence. I have the right to come into his presence because you're his sheep. You have a right to be in his presence because you're his. You see, and when you understand that, and you understand that he is God, that he is supreme, that he's the creator of all things, when you understand that he's Jehovah, when you understand he's the healer, he's the provider, he has everything that I have need of, he is my all in all, he's everything that I have need of, he is my strength, he is my tower that I run into, he is my my refuge. Hallelujah. When you understand that, and then you understand, I'm his. See, you won't wake up ever defeated again. You, you, when you understand who he is, see, this is no, not what could be. Okay, what should I do this morning? I'm going through a difficult time this morning. What should I do today, God? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. You don't have to feel like it. Faith has nothing to do with what you feel. It has everything to do with what you know. And too often we live by what we feel instead of what we know. It doesn't matter what's coming against me. It doesn't what it matter what it looks like in the natural because I know he's God and I'm one of his sheep. I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving and I'm going to come into his courts with praise. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Just start thanking him right now. Let's, let's, do, let's, let's do a praise and thanksgiving break for a moment. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your provision in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. We thank you, Lord, that you, you, you never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then it says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Be thankful unto him. They be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hallelujah. Be thankful. Be thankful. See, there's, when you understand who he is, there's just something that become, gets released out of you. When, you. when you know that you know that you know that he is the answer and the answer is on its way. See, too, too, too often we're, we're, we're discouraged because we haven't seen the answer yet. And we base our thanksgiving and our praise on what we feel. Okay, well, it hasn't happened yet, so okay, I'll, I'll hold my praise and my thanksgiving until it happens. Well, if that's the case, then you're not in faith. Because faith sees it before you see it. Let me say, faith sees it before you see it. 
Let me say it again. Faith sees it before it sees it. I hear some people have some questions going here. What about Abraham? He said, by faith, in Hebrews chapter, by faith, he received in an image his son. Resurrected from the ashes and resurrected. See, see, when Abraham went up on the, went on the altar to, to lay Isaac on the altar, and he went to bring, he, he went as far as putting his hand up and got, and, and all of a sudden we had Jehovah Jireh showed up, and he said, I'm Jehovah Jireh, and he says, don't do that. He says, there's a ram. And so we see that happening, but in Hebrews, we see really what was going on the inside of Abraham. What did, what did Isaac say to Abraham? He said, Isaac says, well, where's, you know, I see the wood and I, we got the fire. And he goes, well, where is the sacrifice? And what did God say? He said, God will provide. Because he saw something. He saw something. I wouldn't plan to go this direction, but he saw something. See, in Hebrews 11, we know what he saw. It said he saw Isaac raised in a figure. So what he knew, even if he, even if he was going to crucify and kill his son, he knew God was going to raise him up out of the ashes. He was going to raise him up out of that. Why? He saw it before he saw it. And so don't wait to start thanking God when you see something happen. Get an image of it already on the inside of you because when you are in faith... When you are in faith, you can't help but thank God. And it's not based on what you see. It's not based on what's happened or what hasn't happened. I'm seeing what God is doing, even though I can't see it with ease yet. Second Corinthians 5, I believe it's verse 7 or 10. It says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Watch Fred Price back in the day. Frederick K.C. Price, we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Every single brock, we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. The word for there is just a conjunction. And we understand scripture wasn't written in chapter and verse. It's just more for us, for our reference. So for the Lord is good. So why should we be thankful and bless his name? For the Lord is good. See, the for is answering why we need to enter his gates in thanksgiving. Why we need to be thankful and bless his name. So when it says for, meaning be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. Because he's good. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just need to meditate on his goodness. Psalms 45, verse 1, he says, My heart overflows with a goodly theme. The psalmist says, My heart is overflowing with a goodly theme. Hallelujah. And my tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. Meaning he's saying, Because my heart is overflowing on how good he is, the things, I'm just, it's, I'm just declaring his goodness. And you could write it down. You could, you could, you could label it. You could, you could put it in a book because I'm overflowing. My heart's overflowing with his goodness. And I can't help but talk about it. I can't help but think about it. Hallelujah. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. And his truth 
endures to all generations. Man, why, why should I be thankful? Because he's good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. Not some generations, to all generations. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving. It's, it's access into his presence. Why is Thanksgiving so important? Because it's access into his presence. No matter what you might go through, if you just start thanking him, I'm telling you, you, you are in his presence. And it's not based on what you feel. Being thankful and thanksgiving, it's a key to our prayer life. Let's go to Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Thanksgiving is a key to our prayer life. Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Which being amplified, it says, it says fret not. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. We know, we know fear is the opposite of faith. But here he's telling us, don't be afraid. Don't fret. Don't have anxiety about anything. Anything. Well, you know, Pastor, it's just good to worry about some things. No, it's not. <laughs> well, I, you know, you, you need to worry about your children. No, you shouldn't. Well, I need to worry about my parents because they're getting up in age. No, no, don't worry about anything. Well, you know, you just, some worry is good. No, it's not. It says don't worry about anything. Amen. Well, you know, well, I just come by it honest. My grandmother was a worrier. My mom's a worrier. And I'm a worrier. And it's just, it, it's just what we do. We're just worriers. No, it says don't fret about anything. It, it says don't fret about. The only thing you should fear is fear God. Do not be anxious about anything. What, what anxiety, what does anxiety do? It drives you. It causes you to, to, uh, to, to, to constantly worry. It's constantly to fret, to not be able to sleep, get up, pace the floor, and, and trying to figure out how, how am I going to do this? How, man, I don't know how this is going to turn out. That, that's, that fretting and worry, it drives you. It drives you. Fret and worry will drive you to complain. Fret and worry will drive you to, 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 to meditate and think on things that haven't happened and will not happen. It says, do not be, don't fret or have anxiety about anything. Anything. If you, you have any sort of anxiety this morning, I want to tell you the enemy is trying to control your life. I mean, he'll, he'll control you through other people. He'll control you through, through well, man, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on in, in, in our world today and, and, and finances, and I, I just don't know how this is going to happen. And, you know, with, with the, the presidential situation and with our world today and the economy and the division between races. And see, what happens, if, if, you're, if you're being worried about what's going on with race issues right now, 
then your eyes are on the wrong things. I'm not saying you, you, we, we put our head in the sand. The thing is, look, look at this church. We, we are not a divided church. We, 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 th- th- we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you're focused, well, what about this or what about that? And, and what about this? And the thing is, you're focusing on the wrong. If, if it's driving anxiety in you, and, well, I don't know what we're going to do. And what about this? And what about that? And what if this happens? And, and I was like, seriously, that is fear. And it tells us not to fret and be anxious about nothing. Nothing. That's right. It's the enemy's tactic, and that was saying. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance. Say every circumstance. Every circumstance and in everything. By prayer and petition. By prayer and petition. King James says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Hallelujah. With thank- prayer, with, it's not prayer and thanksgiving. It's prayer with thanksgiving. Because see, when you're praying in faith, you will not be able to help but be thankful. When you're in faith, thanksgiving will come out of your heart. It's to, to be with thanksgiving, that's to accompany. When you are praying in faith, your prayer is going to be accompanied with thanksgiving. But if you're praying in doubt, then it, it, thanksgiving will be, just be going through the motions. Well, okay, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians 4. Similar verse. In the Amplified, it says, be earnest and unwearied, verse 2, be earnest and unwearied and steadfast in your prayer life, being both alert and intent in your praying with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. It's, it's accompanied prayer. Thanksgiving is accompanied with, accompanies my prayer. Uh, so when you're praying in faith, it's going to be accompanied with thanksgiving because you're thankful. I'm thankful. Thank you, Father. Prayer. Staying in faith is about staying thankful. Let's think, think about this for a minute. Let's go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Why, why is thanksgiving a key to your prayer life? Why is it a key to your prayer life? Because thanksgiving is what releases your faith. Thanksgiving is what releases your faith. I, I think we can, we can look at Jesus, right? I think Jesus would be a good example for us to look at, right? Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, in John chapter 6, we we see this. There was a great multitude that had been following Jesus. They saw all sorts of miracles. They saw amazing things take place. And 
And Jesus went up to, his mount, up to the mountain. He sat with the disciples. It was the time for the Passover was near. And in verse 5, it says, When Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw the great company that came unto him. He said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? I mean, where can we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 pennies worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone may, have, may be able to take a little, little bit. So Jesus is asking him a question. We have all these people here. So first thing he's saying, where can we buy bread? And Philip's like looking around. He goes, well, we only got 200 pennies. That's equal to about 40 bucks. That's $40. And so we got 40 bucks. You know, if you go to Kroger, they're, they're a dollar a loaf. We can get, we can get 40 loaves. You know, we, 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 can, we, can get, we, can get a, we can get 40 loaves, but, you know, that's only going to be enough that not even everyone's going to be able to just have a little. Verse 8 says, One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There's a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? You know, at Kroger, he got 40. And here he's saying, hey, we, got, we can get five. We got five. This, this kid's got five loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? I think it's a question we, we often may have with God when we question certain things. Well, what about this? Or what about that? How are you going to work this out? Or how is that going to work out? What is this among so many? See, that, that's a heart filled with fear. That's a heart filled with doubt. And so, uh, you know what's interesting? Jesus never answered his question. What are these among so many? Jesus never answered his question. Verse 10, And Jesus said, Make the men sit down now. There was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks. See, this wasn't just a, a religious ritual that he, he did before he, they were about to eat bread. This was a demonstration of him releasing his faith. Because they only had 200 pennies, or four, equal to 40 loaves of bread, or five loaves and two fish. But what are these among so many? And I love how Jesus sat them down and he took the bread and he lifted it up to heaven. He wasn't in fear about not having enough. He wasn't in, in the fear of, of asking a question, could God do something? He prayed. He lifted up to heaven and he thanked him. And what did he do? Then he started breaking the pieces of bread off. Started breaking the pieces of bread off. You see, Thanksgiving, Jesus was operating a spiritual principle and it was faith. But what did he do? He was thankful it wasn't just a religious thing that he did it was I'm releasing my faith in God's ability I'm releasing my I know that I know that he is God and I know that I'm the sheep of his pasture so I'm going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving I'm going to come into the very throne room of God right now 
We, we know through scripture, we know, we know that, that, that our prayers go, according to Acts chapter 10, that, that Cornelius' prayers went to the very throne room of God. And so he lifted up his eyes to pray, and he started breaking it. Thank God. He thanked God for it. And see, when you're, thank, when you're in faith and thanksgiving is released, it releases the supernatural. See, Thanksgiving is not just a holiday we celebrate. It's, it's not just, a, it's not just a, a, a cute little thing that we say, be thankful, or, 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 or a thank you card for someone getting you a gift. Yes, all those things we should do, but true thankfulness releases the supernatural. Hallelujah. Thankfulness releases the supernatural. It did for Jesus. Let's go up a couple pages. Go to John chapter 11. Are you with me this morning? Or did you have too much turkey? <laughs> that tryptophan still working on you. Now listen to this. John, John chapter 11. This is after Lazarus had died. Verse 38. Jesus therefore again groaned in himself, come into the grave. It was a cave and a stone laid upon it. And Jesus said, take away the stone and... Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he hath been dead four days. You see, in John chapter 6, when he asked them about, about the bread, you know, it said, how, how can this be? What is this among so many? So that was what their heart was filled with. And here we see Martha, he, Jesus is saying, roll away the stone, and we see what Martha's heart's filled with. It's filled with, come on, come on, Jesus, he's been dead four days now. He stinks. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, said I not unto you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you believed, see, if you believed, you'd see the glory of God. She, she had an idea that he was the resurrection. She had an idea that Jesus could do powerful things. But he was saying, if you believed, if you had believed that you would see the glory of God, if you would believe, see, she, she didn't believe. Just like the disciples didn't believe. But we know Jesus believed. Amen? Amen? Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was raised. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. I thank you. Jesus was releasing his faith by releasing his thanksgiving. Father, I thank you. That you have heard me. You have heard me. It wasn't past tense. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't present tense. You, you have heard me. I thank you that you have heard me. And I love this. And I know you hear me always. See, this, this should change how you pray. This should change how you pray. Do you know that he always hears you? Do you know that he always hears you? See, it, it, prayer isn't, isn't some short, sort of shotgun mentality. Well, I'm just going to scatter it and just see what happens. That's right. Jesus wasn't just, well, okay, God, I, I hope you hear me. You know, there's a dead man here. Martha thinks he stinks. Well, I'm going to do this prayer thing. After all, the anointing is on me, and I'm just going to do this prayer thing, and we'll just see what happens. 
No, I thank you. I thank you. See, thank you should have a lot greater revelation to you this morning. Being thankful is releasing your faith in God. Hallelujah. I thank you that you hear me. And I know you hear me always. I love this. But because I, verse 42, I knew you, I knew you hear me always, but because the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you sent me. Hallelujah. Jesus knew that the moment he prayed back before they even left there, God had already heard his prayer. And now he was saying, I thank you. He, Lazarus hadn't come out of the tomb yet. The fish were never, weren't multiplied yet, but yet Jesus has the audacity to say thank you. Why? Because he saw it. Faith is where? It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. And the greatest way that we can see faith coming out of your mouth is what you're thankful for. Amen? Amen. Go to Luke 17. Just a couple more scriptures. Luke chapter 17. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem... That he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, show yourself unto the priests. Now, wait a minute. Now, think about it. You had ten lepers men that were standing afar off. They were standing afar off because they couldn't be around anybody else. They're standing afar off and they lift up their voice and they say, they say, Jesus, have mercy on us. See, they knew something. They knew something about this man named Jesus. They had heard something about this man named Jesus. Have mercy on us. Remember back in Psalms 100, it said, be thankful and bless his name, right? And what was one of the reasons? Is because your truth endures to all generations and because of your mercy and your love and kindness. Because he's good, his mercy and kindness endure forever, and he speaks truth to all generations. So here, the leprous men were in a loud voice saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. Meaning, meaning, display your love over here. Display your covenant love over here. Display your kindness over here. I, I, we've seen other people, we've heard about other people, but, but we want you to display that love over here. Jesus didn't go over and pray for them. He just says, go show to yourself to the priest. Just go show yourself to the priest. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass. Now listen, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, as they went, as they went. They were cleansed as they went, as Jesus spoke it. And as they went, they were cleansed as they went, they were cleansed. 
as they went. See, it's not about seeing it first. It's doing what God's told you to do. It's not, it's not seeing it first and saying, and then say, I'm healed. No, it's, 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 it's obeying. It says, as they went, they were, I don't know what, at what part and what, at what step they got healed necessarily, but it was as they went. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, when one of them saw that he was healed, when one saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. I mean, all of a sudden he went because Jesus told him to go. But after a period of time, all of a sudden he saw. See, he went first, then he saw, and he turned back and with a loud voice he glorified God. See, sometimes in church we have an idea that we just need to be quiet. Yes. Oh, it's just my personality to be quiet in church. And with a loud voice. With a loud voice, he glorified God. <clears throat> and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? <clears throat> they are not found that return to give glory to God except this stranger. And he said to them, Arise, go thy way. Your faith has made thee whole. Your faith has made you whole. Yes. Jesus said, I sent ten of you. But only one of you came back and gave thanks. And his thanksgiving produced supernatural wholeness in yes. his life. Yes. Supernatural wholeness. And I believe the other ones were healed. But I believe this man was made whole. I believe they were all healed. But I believe this man was made whole. Thanksgiving produced wholeness in his life. Let me close with it. Go to Second Corinthians chapter 15. And I'll close with this. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a choice. Psalms 116 talks about sacrificing the sacrifices of thanksgiving. It's a choice. Doesn't mean you always feel like it, but you sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Let me close with this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. What did, did I say second? There's not a second. There's not a second Corinthians 15, is there? Well, 1 Corinthians. Yeah, I'm in first. Where were you all? I just. Actually, since you're still in 2 Corinthians, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And we'll come back to 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. But thanks be to God, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Hallelujah. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. I love the Amplifies. As trophies of Christ's victory. 
I'm a trophy of Christ's victory. Hallelujah. Are you a trophy? Hallelujah. I'm a trophy. Hallelujah. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph and through us spreads and makes evidence the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Meaning my thanks that's coming through me, hallelujah, is a fragrance of God, a fragrance to those that are dying and those that are living. If you continue to read the rest of that, it says, it says to one, it's a, it's a fragrance to life. And to the others, it's a fragrance of death. So my thanks unto God, hallelujah, my thanks unto God, because he always leads me in triumph through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. 57. But thanks be to God. Hallelujah. But thanks be to God. Which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God. Which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The King James says giveth there. It means, it, it means it's present and it's future. But thanks be to God. The Apostle Paul was talking about a lot of the challenges he went through. And he talked about how Jesus did away with the sting of death. And, and he goes on, but he says, but thanks be to God. That gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning I'm experiencing these tough things right now, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. I, I, I've experienced shipwrecks, but, but you know what? Thanks be to God that gives me the victory. You know, I've experienced being beaten with stripes on three different occasions, almost to death. But thanks be to God that gives me the victory. Thanks be to God that gives me the victory. Thanks be to God. That needs to be a constant declaration. Thanks be to God that gives me the victory. That, that was something that Kenneth Hagin they said that Kenneth Hagin said all the time, sometimes he'd just he'd be all quiet and all of a sudden he would just blurt out, thanks be to God that always gives me the victory. Thanks be to God that gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd be driving in a car, sitting in the back seat and looking out the window and all of a sudden he'd just blurt out, thanks be to God, hallelujah, that gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus. Thanks be to God, thanks be to God that gives us the victory. See, if you really believe he gave you the victory, would you thank him for it? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes, I know I have this bill that I can't pay right now, but thanks be to God that gives us, us the victory. Yeah, right now my family is turned upside down, but, but thanks be to the God that gives me the victory. Right now I've received a bad report from the doctor, but thanks be to God that gives me the victory. Thanks be to God that gives me the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul was releasing his faith, not just trying to close a chapter. At the beginning, I started talking about a couple and had believed God for certain things and wasn't seeing the manifestation of what they were believing for. <clears throat> and this couple that I'm talking about are my parents. And they were praying for me for a number of years. Believing God, I'd surrender my life to God. Don't know how many times meetings my mom tried me to go to. There might be some young people here that your mother drug you here this morning. <laughs> We're not talking about Kennedy, are we? <laughs> we, we love you guys, all, all of you over there. 
And uh, I mean, I was I was working at a liquor store. I, I was I was having high aspirations at the time. <laughs> and uh, was had to stop playing soccer in college because I had a start of a respiratory disease. Didn't really have anything to do with God. I grew up in church, but it wasn't real to me. I didn't really say I necessarily experienced God, so to speak, although I had when I look back on it. But at the time, it was like, this isn't real. What's real about this? this... And I remember my, my mom would always pray, always, come, to the, come hear this guy, come hear that person. And I'd go and be bored. It's like, seriously, it's like, but yet, what I didn't realize is there were things being sewn into my heart that I had a hard exterior, but yet there were things happening. And, and it, was, it was about three years, my mom told me that she was just praying every day. My, my mom and dad would pray for, for, you know, just for me to have an encounter with God, for, for God to do something in my life. And, and over a period of time, more and more, they, they saw the farther and farther away I got from God. And she didn't know half of the things that I was into and things I was doing. <clears throat> and it was in July of 1992. My mom and dad were praying for me and, and finally, you know, begging that I'd be saved. You know, I have a covenant with my family and you know, to a thousand generations and, you know, salvation of my family and standing for these things. And, and she would declare those things, but it wasn't really in, she wasn't really in faith. She was doing what she knew to do, but yet it's, it's like she's, she's praying, but she'd get up from prayer, then she'd worry. Especially when I didn't come home for days at a time. She'd worry when I, I would do certain things or things would happen and, 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 and she'd be in fear or, or she'd, you know, she would um, be upset at me because I did something and, and, and then, she would, then, she would get, then she was talking against the words she was praying. She, on one side, she's, she's praying for my salvation, but she's talking about how bad I am. I mean, don't, don't call your children bad. Don't call your children bad. You're just bad. No, don't call your children bad. So, so, so what you want out of your children, Amen. not what you see in your children. That's right. My, my parents didn't, didn't but the, the Lord was working in their lives because they were, they were wanting to see breakthrough in my life. And finally, the Lord just arrested my mom and said, don't ever pray for him again. And she was like, what? I, this is my son. I'm going to stand for my family. Yeah, pray, but then you enter into thanksgiving. Anytime he does something that, that you know is wrong, you just start thanking me. Anytime that, that you see him going the wrong direction, you start thanking me. Anytime that you see something that's not lining up with your prayers, you start thanking me. Anytime that, that you start worrying about him, you start thanking me. That was in July of 1992. And I can look, there was times where my parents were gone every weekend because they went to a church about an hour away where my sister lived. And, and, and so I had parties every weekend. <laughs> Just being honest. And, 
And she, she always knew because the house was cleaner when she came back than when she left. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, sometimes like Windex the wood floor and you go, you <laughs> but, and then one time I, they, I left stuff somewhere and, and my dad pulls it out and he says, you forgot to hide this. <laughs> and she goes, you better take this before your mom sees it. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, but anyway, here's the story. Get to the, get, to the, get to the story. You see, you need to relate to your pastor, right? Is that it? I'm going to, because this has to do with Thanksgiving. And, and over a period of time, my mom started doing that. And all of a sudden, things started changing in me. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know what it was at the time. I know now it was the Holy Spirit. But even in weird things, Sunday afternoon, and I'm so drunk I can barely stand up, I, always, I would have this urge to call my, my parents. I knew they were in church in the morning and the afternoon, and, and I'm calling, and, and I knew something was weird because I'm calling my brother-in-law, and he's on the phone, and I'm like, I love you, Jay. Thank you for being there for my sister. I love you, Jay. And, and I'm sitting there and telling my parents how much I love them. And I'm going, and I'd hang up and I'm like, what? What was that? <laughs> I'm sitting outside with, with all my friends. Some of you heard this story. I'm sitting outside with my friends on, the back, on our back porch, my parents, and I'm smoking weed. And, and uh, got a blunt and... Uh, <laughs> and so, so you, you, <laughs> and and all of a sudden we start being talking about what are we going to do with our future, and we're passing the blunt around, and it was my turn. <sighs> Whatever you do, <laughs> and and I said I'm going to be a preacher. Where did that come from? <laughs> Going to be a preacher. And all of a sudden, I start thinking about the things I'm saying. And I show up to a meeting at my parents. And this was all around the same time. A guy, and he pulls me out of the audience. And he, and he says, beware of the calling of God to come clear. You're a marked man. And he started singing the old song, What a Difference You'll Make in Their Lives. And so all these things are happening. And all of a sudden, you you know about the visitation I had where I was healed. But it goes back to when my mom stopped begging God and started thanking God. Because I'm telling you, Thanksgiving releases the supernatural. And Thanksgiving releases the care into his care. And it doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what you feel. Be like Jesus. I thank you that you have heard me. And you always hear me. And just stand to, stand to him, right? Stand up and just lift your hands to him and start thanking him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Whatever's weighing heavy on your heart. Hallelujah. Release it to him and just start thanking him for it. And never to pick it up again. Hallelujah. Sometimes we like to cast every care upon him but then pick it up again. Hallelujah. We cast every care upon him because he, what cares for us. He cares for you this morning. 
What's weighing heavy on you this morning? Give it to him. Give it to him. Just right now, just, just take, take your hands and make a cup. Okay, take, take your right hand and put it out here to the side. And whatever weights on you, whatever you're in fear about, and it could be multiple things, those things can be like weights. And I want you to take those, go to one shoulder, grab it, go to your other shoulder, take it off your shoulder. I want you to place it in your hand. Now look at your obstacles. Look at the issues. Because you know what? We, we can't fight these things in the natural. You can't, you can't fight your spouse in the natural. It's not fight. It's not, it's because that's how the enemy continues to win and control. The financial pressure, put it in that. Your children, put it in there. Your future, put it in there. Say, Father, I thank you for your hand on my life. I cast every single one of these cares on you. I give you my marriage. I give you my family. I give you my finances. I give you my future. I give you my calling. I give you my sickness. I give you my mistakes. I give you my hurt. I give you my offense. I give you my confusion. And I release it now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you hear me. You always hear me. I thank you for the victory that I have in Christ Jesus. I thank you for manifesting your word in my life. I choose to stay in faith. And I will stay in faith because I will stay in a position of thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for it. You receive this word today? Hallelujah. God is good. Thank you, Jesus.